For today's episode of Press Fruits, we have a great interview with Nikki Chavanel from hogbeat.com. She's a recruiting expert over there. She works with Andrew Hutchinson. The two of them have great work. Nikki herself does an amazing job. I think she's very underrated when it comes to Arkansas media. We learned a whole lot from her. She has a really cool story. It'll be interesting for you to listen to. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at PressRootsPod. DM us, give us some ideas there, send us some people that you want us to get on the show. We would love to interact with you on Twitter, and we hope that you enjoy this interview with Nikki Chavanel. Before we get to our interview with Nikki Chavanel, I would like to announce that next week we will have John Neighbors, host of Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz on the show. A guy I think is really good at his job. He's well-respected in the state of Arkansas, and you've probably heard him before. We're looking forward to chatting with John. We know we'll learn a lot from him. And we also learned a lot from Nikki today, so we hope you enjoy this interview with Nikki Chavanel. And now we welcome on Nikki Chavanel, recruiting expert, analyst, whatever you want to call her, from hogbeat.com. Somebody that I really respect, and I think she doesn't get enough respect from others. I think she's really good at her job. Nikki, thank you for coming on, and how are you doing today? (laughs) Whoa, what an intro. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm doing pretty well, you know. Actually, it was a busy day, which is surprising during these times, but it still happens somehow. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Once again, thanks for joining us today. Um, our podcast is called Press Roots, so we want to know where'd you come from, how'd you get into journalism, how'd you get into sports media specifically, and uh, what are some of your goals as, as, a, as a journalist? Sure. Um, so starting with, I'm from Houston, Texas. I was born there. Uh, my mom is Russian. She came to Houston just before I was born. Um, so she doesn't have a background in football at all. Um, and then my stepdad, he's from New England. So he was a big, you know, Pats, Celtics, Red Sox fan. So I ended up growing up uh, watching a ton of that with my dad. And, um, you know, I just really fell in love with it. And I played a lot of sports myself. So it was just, you know, if you're not going to play sports professionally, what's the next best thing you can do uh, to still have it involved in your life every day. And um, I was always a writer. Um, I did a lot of like creative writing stuff when I was younger, like in middle school and even some in high school. So it just seemed like a natural thing to put the two things together. Now what I do, I don't consider creative writing. I don't get to do a lot of feature stuff, but I still have a passion for it. So I went to SMU. I didn't put a ton of thought into, you know, a school with a super strong journalism program, but I knew that uh, the uh, department would be pretty small. And so we'd get a lot of hands-on opportunities and a lot of opportunities like, you know, right when I got there at some schools like the University of Texas, which was, you know, high on my list um, coming from Houston. You know, sometimes you have to wait till you're like a junior to really get involved. So Uh, When I was at SMU, the uh, head of the rival site there at SMU, he was 
a junior at the time, I think, and he was looking for an intern. You know, I didn't get paid. Um, he was looking for an, an intern to help him talk to recruits. And I didn't know much about recruiting at all um, with my mom from Russia. And my dad, he didn't go to a four-year college, so he didn't watch much college football. I didn't really know a lot about recruiting or the process, but, um, you know, getting a hold of the kids was pretty easy for me. Um, doing the interviews and staying in contact with them was something I was pretty good at. So um, I just kind of leaned into that. And then when I graduated college, I went and worked for a fitness website where I was writing articles about fitness, but I was also uh, running the SMU Rivals site after my boss had moved on to the Dallas Morning News. Um, so I just, you know, kept on with the sports, even though I had a full-time job. I didn't think I did a, a great job looking back on it. Like, I definitely could have done better, but it's tough when you're so focused on doing a good job at your full-time job. I know my boss knew that I was working on other stuff while I was there, but I tried to, you know, keep it discreet. Um, after I think it was like a year and a half, I was like, man, I'm just, I'm not happy doing this with my time. So I quit. And then, you know, with nothing else really lined up, um, while I was at SMU, I had learned a bunch of other skills, video editing, um, event presentation stuff, like running video boards, running cameras. So, uh, when I quit, I had some things to fall back on. Like I went and worked for the Rangers. I worked in-game camera, stuff like that, anything you can do. Because in journalism, a lot of the time, you know, you have to find little extra side things. So I continued that. Um, and then coincidentally, after applying for like 35, 40 jobs, like all over the place, anywhere I thought I could realistically see myself living, um, I applied. Um, and I, I heard from a few things. Um, I almost took a job working for a um, you know, like a minor league baseball team, the Frisco Rough Riders. Um, but then the day before they were about to offer me the job, I got a call from rivals asking me if I would be interested in moving up to Arkansas because Chad Morris had been hired a few months um, prior to that. And obviously I covered him at SMU. So it was just like a freak coincidence. Um, you guys know them, Trey Biddy and Danny West they moved from Rivals to the 247 platform, and that essentially opened up the position for me at Rivals. Um, since they were going to 247, um, Otis Kirk and Andrew Hutchinson, you know, were off the site, and I loved Andrew's um, in-depth statistics and his incredible knowledge of all things Razorback, which I had none of. I didn't watch the SEC before I got to Arkansas, so um, I relied on him hugely. I still do all the time, but yeah, that's that's how I got here. And it it wasn't super easy, but I I must say I feel like I'm I'm luckier than most. A lot of people wait a lot longer to find what I call. I mean, this is really a dream job for me. I set what I do every day. A lot of people don't get that opportunity. You know, they re report to someone, but. Uh, the publisher of the Arkansas site, he trusts what we do. And so I, I really appreciate that for sure. I, I love this job. The only, the only thing I could see leaving for is an NFL opportunity. And that's purely because in the NFL, the, the media has so much of a bigger role. 
Um, in the SEC, you know, there's no locker room session. You don't get to go up and talk to whoever you want to. If you have a story idea, you take what is given to you and you can work with that, but it just, it's not as creative and that's the space that I eventually want to be in. But, um, you know, I leaned into recruiting and now, you know, you call me a, you know, recruiting analyst or whatever. So I think I, I uh, can pull it off at least. So you talked about when you were growing up, you were really into sports, you played them, you watched them. Who were some people in sports media that you looked up to and you were like, I want to be like that person, if there were any? Yeah, I mean, a huge role model for me was Erin Andrews, uh, like the way that she presented herself and talked and she was just so knowledgeable, um, you know, like she's obviously beautiful, but people didn't just love her because she's beautiful and, and you know she's good at her job it's because she can explain to you something that a man could just as well as he can and that's something I always wanted to be able to do and then and when I was in college I went and interned for John McClain who is a very long time writer for um, the Houston Chronicle so I spent a summer back down in Houston and he brought me along to Texans training camp and, you know, he asked me, like, what, what do you want to do? And I thought, well, I kind of want to, you know, be on, on TV, like Aaron Andrews. And he was like, you know, never, never tell anyone that because you kind of put yourself in a box. And I was like, you're kind of, you're kind of right. People do look at you and think that you just want, you know, to do your little sideline bit, which I'm sure is very tough. Um, but you're just not expected to know more at a higher level. And I was like, yeah, I want people, like, if I eventually do do stuff on TV, that would be cool. But I want people to know that I know what I'm talking about first. And I think that um, he was right to lead me in that direction. Because once I did more TV stuff in college, I realized that wasn't really where I was going to succeed. And I didn't really even feel very comfortable there. So uh, writing is definitely, um, you know. A more comfortable spot. Yeah. Um, if you had to pick like one moment in your in your journalism career as a rising journalist, I mean, what? When did you know that you could be successful? Was, was there a certain thing to you that that stuck out? You know, people people just kept you know encouraging me and and appreciating what I write, and that means everything. I, I, I mean, I, I think I take a lot of criticism, not as much. I feel like I used to get more, honestly. Um, so maybe that's a good thing. But, uh, you know, the more people respected my voice as highly as they do others. And that I think happened maybe like six months into when I was here at Arkansas. People didn't just see me as like the new person, um, you know, trying to keep up with Danny and Artie and Otis. Like I was just one of them. And that was, that was huge for me. Now I, you know, I don't, I don't have that complex for myself anymore. I'm a lot more confident. You talk about Danny and uh, Richard. Um, I had this question. I, I mean, it might be a silly question to you, but is, do you subscribe to their sites and like look at what they're doing and read their message boards to try to get ideas for your message board and your website? I wouldn't say I do it to get ideas. I do keep up with what they're working on because I think it's important to know your competition. Um, if you don't know what they're doing, how can you be sure that you are doing enough and providing um, the best possible 
stuff for your own subscribers. Um, if it wasn't a subscriber based thing, maybe I wouldn't be so worried about what the competition is doing, but, um, we're all fighting for people's money. <laughs> so I think you kind of have to stay in tune with what's going on. Shifting topics a little bit here. Um, you know, with the whole Washington Post story that came out last week about um, the 15 women who were accused, the, the red, team formerly known as the Redskins, uh, their, their staff as, uh, of, of sexual harassment. Um, what is it like being a woman who works in sports and industry that's historically been dominated by men? Do you have similar experiences? You know, like a lot of female reporters I follow on Twitter have said that they're not at all surprised by that story. Uh, so do you have similar experiences? How hard is it to work in sports as a woman? You know, I think every, I, I really think every female journalist could point out examples um, from their own life. It's kind of like a, a badge of honor. Like we have to go through it. And because we go through it, um, you know, we're not just going to be pushed over, toppled over, not respected. Um, so yeah, it, it is tough. Um, I've had people assume that you're in the business for like attention from athletes or coaches. And it's just like, people think that, you know, you're trying to just like, you know, find a husband or something. And it, it's, it, it can be ridiculous. Um, but I've also had, um, you know, I'll talk to coaches and they have so much respect for what I do. And those, those people who really recognize what, you know, what we go through and how much it takes to stand out in the field. I, I, I really appreciate those people. It makes the others, you know, so insignificant. As long as, you know, you just kind of have to stay above it. Just let, let things brush off. People in society, they're going to change at the pace that they want to change. Um, yeah, so. Here's a question that I have because the whole recruiting landscape just confuses me because I, I, I see it on Twitter and I see all the stuff you're posting and I'm like, I have no clue how she keeps up with that. And you said when you were at SMU and you were doing it for that guy rivals that it, it came pretty easily, but do you find it to maybe be more difficult for you because you are a woman to keep in touch with these, these younger teenage guys, maybe they want to respond to a Danny West over a Nikki Chavanel. Do you think that maybe that might be the case? So I have the following at this point where, you know, people are eager to talk to me. Interviews are really good for their exposure. For the most part, they want to talk to you. If they don't want to talk to me, it's because they're not that interested in Arkansas. It's not really because they're not interested in talking to me. Um, recruits for the most part, I'm getting older now. So they're, they're a lot more respectful these days. Recruits when I was still in college, like they border, you know, I've had kids like ask me out and it's just like, I'm, <laughs> I'm no, <laughs> no. Um, but Adam Grossbard, the guy that was my boss um, when I was at SMU, he was so great about, you know, teaching me the ins and outs and all of that. It's just, it really is a complicated process. Like every year I'll still, you know, um, text a coach or a former recruiting director or something with a question because you have to keep a lot of stuff, uh, you know, in the back of your mind with dates and deadlines and the rules because they're, you know, recruiting has very specific rules you have to follow. And then even the media, like there are things that we can't report. We know there might be something going on, but you have to, you have, like, you have to keep it within the realm of, you know, facts and you can't, 
venture off into the speculation um, and stuff like that. But with recruits, no, I, I haven't found that they don't want to talk to me or, or, you know, favor anyone else. So going off of that, do you find it hard to keep up with all the recruits and do they come to you or do you go to them more often? And also, do you feel like you're kind of recruiting them to Arkansas or are you just being like a journalist and non-biased? I'm just talking to you to see what you're thinking. Yeah. On that second question, I mean, rivals, they make a sign like an ethics thing. Like if they catch wind of a reporter, like rooting for a kid to go to their school. Now there will be kids that I really like. And I'm in the back of my mind. I'm like, I want this kid to come to Arkansas because he's great and he's fun to talk to and stuff like that. But no, I don't like, I don't offer commentary. If they have a question for me, like I'll ask it in like a non-biased way, but I'm not like, yeah, you should come visit Arkansas. It's so great. You'll love it when you get here. Like, no, I don't really do any of that. Um, the first part, what was that? Sorry. <laughs> is it, how hard is it for you to keep in touch with recruits and do they right. come to you more often or are you going to them more often? Uh, it is rare that a recruit will, you know, volunteer up information. And maybe it's because, you know, in our market, there are a lot of us that you have to keep up with. If you were to give information to Artie, you know, you have to do it to Danny and to Otis and to me and some people who write for free and stuff. And so like, no, kids, kids don't usually do that, but generally it's pretty easy to keep up with them. Like the other day I had to write a story where I needed to get answers from all 15 commits and within, you know, I had to, you know, bug a couple of them like once or twice, but by the end of the day, I had answers from all 15. So that's not bad, but I have to be very organized in the way I do things like that's why, you know, the big board that I put together for recruiting, it's great for the fans, but it's also for me. Like, I need to keep track of who the top priorities are. So that is for them as much as it is for me. And then I have these Twitter lists where, you know, anytime a recruit posts something, I can see it. If you cut your top list, I'm going to see it pretty quickly. And I'll see what you're sharing and what graphics you like and who you're interacting with. So I can tell if you're really interested in Arkansas or not and that kind of helps me inform which recruits are important and therefore I'll keep in touch with them more often and then which recruits are maybe you know on the back burner. Gotcha so you mentioned that you didn't really watch much SEC sports uh, or many SEC sports prior to getting the job with rivals in Fayetteville um, so, you, so you've since learned that the Razorbacks have a very very passionate fan base how do you make your content worth it for those for those passionate fans? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, you have to be on top of all breaking news. That's a given. Um, they especially like it since, you know, they pay. They, they might want to news, know news even in advance. So any kind of extra thing you can do, um, whether that's talking to a source who might tip you off and then you can drop a hint, um, you know, with the source's permission usually, um, you know, any, anything extra that you can do that you, they're not going to get from um, the local paper because the paper doesn't interact with you. You know, you can't ask it a question and then get an answer from it. Uh, but I keep my DMs open. So I let people bombard me with questions whenever they want. I will slip in and please subscribe after a few questions. But um, for the most part, I'm, I'm really good about doing that. And then the subscribers, they know that 
maybe not from like 10 to, you know, eight in the morning, I might not answer, but anytime within there, if they have a question, not only am I going to attempt to respond, but I'm going to reach out to people I know about that specific question. So I'm not just like guessing when I give an answer. What are, what are things that you do each day to get better as a journalist? For me, I listen to podcasts like nonstop and I read articles and stuff for you. It's, I feel like it might be a little different because you are kind of more recruiting, but you're still a journalist. So what do you do to get better each day? Yeah, I read and consume a ton of media. Um, you know, the podcasts, articles, all kinds of stuff. I'm trying to stay ahead of stories as much as I can making notes of things that might come up later, stuff like that. Um, I just, I mean, I follow anyone that I have respect for on social media in, in the sphere. So I can kind of, I mean, look at John Rothstein, what he's been able to do with his following. He's not just a journalist at this point. He probably makes so much money off of the brands that he has created. Like that's something that I mean, maybe I need to go back to school and get some more education on stuff like that, but it's incredible. You're not just one thing. And I think that's important. Um, Trey Biddy with his videos, I'm not super comfortable. So I, I try to do them when like, you know, it's really important. I haven't been doing it during quarantine, but like putting yourself out there like that and just, you know, talking for like 20 minutes straight, like that, that's, really impressive and that's you know a thing i admire um yeah there there's a lot of things the the least i do is try to be on top of absolutely everything that i can be in my sphere i don't need to be an expert on everything but i do need to make sure i'm an expert on what people expect me to be is there a favorite podcast that you like to listen to I listen to pardon my take which i think most people do i'm not a, i don't really like Barstool very much, but part of my take is, I think a lot of people feel this way, is unique in that they're going to draw viewers whether you like the general platform or not. Um, I also listen to The Ringer during um, the football season um, because I like to keep up with everything that's going on in the NFL, even though I don't have time to really watch every single game. I, you know, have red zone, so I'll, I'll at least get the highlights, but um, yeah, those are two of my must listens to. And then I also listen to like some political podcasts that you guys wouldn't be interested in. <laughs> How important is social media in your work? It's incredibly important. I mean, you know, people say that like Twitter doesn't drive you know, page views, but that's not exactly what Rivals is about anyways. Um, you know, more views is always good, but um, Twitter to just increase, like when I got to Arkansas, I had, I think, 1,400 Twitter followers. Now I have close to 22,000 and I'm not going to get any subscribers if my following doesn't increase on Twitter because that's where people know you. You can post on Facebook um, to Facebook pages and stuff like that, but that isn't doing anything for you, I think, as like a brand and as a reporter. And then in recruiting, you absolutely can't do anything without Twitter. I mean, that's where kids post their offers. Um, 
I mean, I'm sure guys like Artie and Otis are very thankful for Twitter, even though in some ways, you know, they're the generation that probably didn't like that it came about. But like Otis used to have to like send out postcards to kids to fill out with information and stuff and then he'd get them back. Like I can't imagine having to do that. Um, so <laughs> I'm glad that uh, social media has helped innovate uh, our side of the business. Um, so you mentioned that at Rivals, you, you, you love what you're doing now. It's, it's a great gig, but you also said that, you know, a future for you might look like, or a dream job might look like working for an NFL team or covering an NFL beat. Uh, what, what, would, what would Nikki Chavanel's dream job be? If you had to pick one thing, what would it be? Oh, man, I'd like to say, you know, like Boston Globe Patriots writer. Like, that would be amazing. But then at the same time, the Patriots are one of the more, um, you know, closed off um, teams, like just not very media friendly teams. So at the same time, would that be the ideal market? Um, you know, my boyfriend, Ben, he's from Jacksonville and they happen to have an NFL team. So that would be cool. Um, I'm not picky, you know, <laughs> we, we can't afford to be picky um, in this uh, environment, but yeah, no, uh, Mina Kimes, I should have me mentioned her earlier. She is just absolutely phenomenal. If you listen to, you know, Around the Horn or uh, the, the show that I think is ridiculous, but it's still entertaining. Um, the one with, you know, they have the, the cards. Oh, uh, uh, it's not. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> with the old guy in the middle. I, uh, around the Horn? No, no, no. It's not Around the That's, Horn. It's a uh, part in the interruption. Yes, that one. Yeah. yeah that one is silly, but um, I love Mina Kimes' work. And she does a lot of, like, I read an in-depth story on DeAndre Hopkins, and it was just amazing. And that's, you know, the kind of stuff I would want to do. So when you came to Arkansas, I'm sure it was hard to kind of get yourself out there and make yourself known, but you talk about how, uh, you talk about Otis and Richard Davenport a lot. Are those guys that when you got here, you like sat down and talked with them and learned from them? Is that what you did when you first got to Arkansas? You learned from the people who were already established? I would like to say that's something that I would do, but maybe I'm, I'm too proud. Um, <laughs> Um, we, we interact a lot because, um, we, you know, we go to campus to meet recruits as they leave visits and stuff like that. But in general, like once I learned, like it, it, it was funny because the guys didn't initially tell me that they do that. So kids were leaving visits and like they were getting interviews. And I'm like, how is this happening? I didn't know that they, that they do that. And so that's just like, you know, little things that you have to pick up on. But in terms of actually doing the work, I think I had a pretty good handle on how to do it, but watching, you know, um, their work ethic, watching the types of stories they were writing. I think that definitely helped me. I didn't necessarily need to discuss it with them, but um, we talk a lot like when we're just hanging out and like hearing stories from them has, you know, it, it, it's not, it's changed a lot. So the, the stories are entertaining. It's just not exactly, um, you know, how things are done now. Gotcha. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to do a little rapid fire round before we let you go. Sure. Um, so I'll have a few questions and then Mason will ask a few. 
All right, so we're going to start with this. Who is the most ta most talented high school athlete you've seen play live? Oh, man. Um, so I don't think Arkansas fans would love this, but uh, Demon Dema, I don't know if I, he might say it less French, uh, but he is a wide receiver from Texas that is an Aggie um, signee. He is just ridiculous. He's a wide receiver, one of the most athletic kids I've ever seen. Um, a lot of people would say Traylon Burks, but I honestly never saw him live when he was in high school. I only watched tapes, so I can't claim that, but I'm sure he was, you know, just incredible. <laughs> All right, the last movie that you've seen, uh, what is it and what did you think of it? Um, I watched Hamilton um, the other night when I was on vacation with my family, and it was stunning. It was just so entertaining. I would definitely watch it again. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm really dying to watch it. Um, your favorite member of the media in press conferences that you've done? Um, oh, man, there's just so many characters, you know, but Bob Holt. I mean, who doesn't love Bob? But in, in reality, like Tom Murphy, like yeah. he just, he comes in and like, he's a killer. Like he just knocks the questions out that he wants to get asked and like, you know, usually first to the mic behind Bob, if Bob's not there. Um, yeah, I definitely have a lot of respect for Tom. I'm going to miss Tom because, or no, no, not Tom, Pete, because Pete left. But every baseball game, Tom would always pick on Pete, and it was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. I would have missed Pete, too. Yeah. Okay. A late-night snack run, where are you going and what are you getting? Um, I like to keep snacks in the house. You know, you, you don't want to have to leave the house. But if you do, um, Whataburger. When I was living in Fayetteville, it was a lot more convenient. Now there isn't one close, which is probably good. But that would be my go-to. What is your biggest pet peeve when it comes to people interviewing you? I don't really think, um, asking me questions I can't answer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've been interviewed enough. I, there is one thing, like I've done a lot of radio interviews and with people that don't really know me or whatever. And, um, they'll just like, I can tell that they're not very in tune with what's going on. Like they kind of expect me to lay it all out there. Like they didn't do any preparation for what was, what was going on. So uh, there, there have been a couple instances like that, but generally no, not, nothing crazy. All right. Last question. You can only watch one sport for the rest of your life, but it can't be baseball, football, or basketball. What are you watching? Soccer. Oh, <laughs> it should have included gross. that one. I, I played soccer all through high school, tried to play at SMU. It didn't work out. What position? Uh, center back. Okay. I was a goalkeeper for about 10 years. It was awesome. Yeah. I love soccer so much. It, it's just not as exciting to watch. Um, I don't have like a, you know, a team that would make it more exciting, but World Cups, I'm there. You, you, say, you say that that should be added, but you're the first guest that we've had that's chosen soccer. It's true. It's what it's usually it's usually hockey or golf, right? Mm -hmm. Golf. <laughs> golf so is fun to play, yeah. but it's boring to watch. I mean, maybe it's my dad's fault because he never watched golf, and he kind of like ingrained it in me that it, it's you know not fun to watch. So I grew up like that. Um, hockey is hockey can be fun. 
it can be fun. It's just kind of rare. Like I'm from Houston. Houston doesn't even have a hockey team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm from outside of DC. So hockey's pretty big here, but mm -hmm. as far as golf goes, like it is fun to play, but I, I don't know how somebody can sit down and watch hours of coverage for I mean, four days in a row. I mean, people watch it to nap. Like, like that's a thing. So <laughs> yeah. you obviously know it's not really keeping you very entertained. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could watch like, a final round Sunday of a major tournament and that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, Nikki, thank you very much for coming. This was one of our best interviews yet. We loved hearing your story and we look forward to what your career has in store for the future. Thanks guys. I look forward to y'all's careers. Thank you. All right. See you, Nikki. Bye. Thanks for listening to press roots this week. And another big thank you to Nikki Chavanel for joining us. Nikki does outstanding work for Hogbeat, and it was awesome to get to listen to her share some of her extensive recruiting knowledge with us. At the end of last week's show, I said that we were hoping to have Danny West of hogsports.com join us. As you may know, however, Danny and his wife just welcomed a baby girl into the world. We're very happy for them. We wish nothing but the best of health to the West family, and we hope Danny will join us when the time is right. Next week, you can hear us interview John Neighbors. He hosts Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz in Little Rock. John has been doing Arkansas Sports Radio for a while, and we're very excited to hear his story. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at PressRootsPod. Send us a tweet, a DM, with any feedback you might have for us, or suggest someone you'd like to hear us interview on the show. Once again, thank you for listening to Press Roots, and we'll see you next week.